Welcome back to Cave to the Cross Apologetics. I'm Patrick. And I'm Tony. And we're in part three of part two. So our, <laughs> our third take on this. I'm trying to get through uh, this chapter. It is the longest chapter in the book of Nancy Piercy's Finding Truth, Five Principles for Unmasking Atheism, Secularism, and Other God Substitutes. And uh, right now we're um, on the part where we're supposed to identify the reduction that a, mm -hmm. uh, a non-Christian worldview brings into and establishes an idol, and then it dehumanizes humanity in some aspect. And mm -hmm. so um, we've already covered uh, materialism, and we've just started uh, postmodernism, and now we get to the fun part of uh, really critiquing uh, postmodernism. What does it say? And uh, we're also going to be covering um, pantheism and... Uh, um, Islam, Islam yeah. and the good old ones that all philosophy has to deal with, which is Nazism and communism. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to take a look at uh, what each of these um, brings to the table as far as uh, we've, we've already kind of identified, um, uh, you know, what, what, what it's replacing God as. And then uh, we'll, we'll uh, kind of cover uh, how it dehumanizes uh, humanity and something that uh, Christianity doesn't do. And then we'll kind of talk a little bit about kind of what these these worldviews offer. Uh, the, 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 you know, it's not all bad. So, um, we're like I said, we're in the midst of of um, going over what uh, postmodernism has claimed, right. and it kind of has uh, taken um, the opposite approach of what uh, materialism has done, which right. says that the physical world is all that there is, and this <coughs> is kind of saying, well, um, there. are uh, areas of the the mind, the non-physical thing that uh, that the romanticists brought out and um, have, have said we we haven't focused on enough. So much so that they've kind of said the the, the things aren't really the things. Right, right. So <laughs> they focus on the mind. So they all of this comes out of the Enlightenment period. So right. materialism yeah. comes out of Enlightenment. Romanticism is a uh, is kind of a reaction to the Enlightenment right. thing, right? So Enlightenment focused on physical things. Romanticism, as she mentions, focused on mind or spirit and that sort of thing. And so that's where postmodernism kind of got its start out of the Romantic uh, movement. Right. So. <clears throat> and so uh, we see uh, that uh, that rom the Romantic era... Um, it uh, has moved from an idealism through a series of su successors, uh, which uh, um, Nancy Piercy is not going to take time to discuss here, uh, but it gives birth to this postmodernism. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the irony is that Romanticism was embraced to counter Enlightenment reductionism. Postmodernism has become equally reductionist and inhumane. Yeah. And so uh, that's what uh, we're going to uh, identify. Um, so uh, the rules that uh, define acceptable ways to speak current uh, today's and as, as 2020, we're kind of in the midst of it more now so than ever, which is uh, uh, odd because, um, you know, the, the, the um, political divide seems to be uh, everyone chanting that they have truth on their side. Uh, but uh, it seems that uh, within the scope of academics, uh, within the scope of Kind of the popularization of of uh, what is coming out of um, uh, secondary education, uh, truth seems to be kind of on the back burner, yeah. and so yeah. uh, that's what uh, uh, postmodernism kind of focuses on. They focus on uh, race, class, gender, ethnicity, sexual identity, so on. Uh, so, kind of the big three are race, class, and gender. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if if you 
um, have heard critical race theory. Um, that that tends to be what uh, what this um, uh, kind of stems from. So I, I don't necessarily know if um, if people would identify themselves so much more now as postmodernists, but they would they would kind of probably focus on, uh, you know, feminist theory or uh, gender politics theory or, you know, what, what have you. So um, uh, those are kind of key terms to, to pique your ears if you're listening for, okay, what, what, uh, what worldview is someone espousing um, from, from this? Mm. And so postmodernism virtually defines a person's identity in terms of what group he or she belongs to. So that's a that's a good that's an interesting point yeah. there, right? So where materialism <laughs> kind of focuses in on the the inner person, as far as uh, or I'm sorry, on the outer world, right? And 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 the the, the things that are out there, and you're just one of many things. Right. Uh, postmodernism says reflect inward, but at the same time, you're not individual with within yourself. You are part of your uh, race group, group yeah. or your sexual identity group or yeah. wh- however you define that. Right. And so um, whether or not you actually fit those things, um, you know, can can be hashed out even more. Uh, so much so that you see uh, people who are um, identify as females and then you have people who identify as females that don't wear makeup as being a, a, a bifurcation within these uh, groups to kind of get as you know uh, detail specific as possible to see who falls on the spectrum of mm-hmm. uh, being you know uh, 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 influenced against by society and large right. and so um, so the the absolute mind that uh, that Hegel uh, or the spirit that Hegel is kind of uh, known for, it's, it expresses itself through community's laws, morality, language, social relationships, and so on. Uh, he took uh, Kant's idealism in which the world is constituted by consciousness, but for him it was a collective consciousness. So uh, you aren't really uh, uh, kind of a person here. You are part of a collective That's right. kind of Borg-like, continuing on our uh, our Star Trek theme. The absolute mind <laughs> part creates of your the community. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> absolute mind creates the world through the shared aspects of culture, society, and uh, things like the above shared language. Uh, Hegel's individuals do not have original ideas of their own. Their thoughts are merely expressed uh, expressions of the absolute mind. So here you have kind of collectivism, communism, uh, viewed not so much on a, a economic scale but on a social scale, which is something that uh, you know, people like Lenin uh, and, and for a lesser extent probably Marx uh, uh, would also agree would, would happen as well, uh, while Marx was probably more focused on on the economics of it, uh, you had Lenin that probably viewed uh, more societal change like this. So over time, Hegel's pantheism was secularized for his absolute spirit and reduced to a metaphor, the spirit of the age, the zeitgeist, um, mm-hmm. that, 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 uh, that they are not producers of culture so much as products of a particular culture. And so uh, who moves culture is kind of <laughs> up in the air as far as uh, as far as where these these ideas come from, uh, individuals are shaped by the communities they belong to, each with its own shared perspectives, values, habits, language, and forms of life. Individuals are little more than mouthpieces for communities based on race, class, gender, ethnicity, sexual identity. Postmodernism absolutizes the forces of culture and community, 
Truth, then, has been redefined as a social construction so that every community has its own view of truth based on experience and perspective, which cannot be judged by anyone outside the community. Yeah, so the community in this instance then becomes the idol for, for postmodernism, right, right? Right, The community, the culture, perhaps, something like that. Right? Yeah. And so that's what the focus is on. Yeah. yeah. So this moves more... Uh, I, th- I think in line with where we're at with postmodernism today. I think before uh, there was kind of a general idea that postmodernism just talks about how you have these different cultures and these cultures, you can't really say that they're wrong. Their beliefs are just, you know, uh, what, what what their culture has told them. And so for you to judge, uh, you know, a uh, 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 society that hasn't had access to Western technology as, you know, as uh, native or as, as uh, savage or whatever, you know, uh, uh, terminology that you want to, um, you know, hammer down on, on them would be uh, you're just viewing it through your own Western perspective or your own white perspective or your own, you know, uh, w- w- whatever. Pick, pick, pick your pick your your bifurcation of, of what you aren't as opposed to that. And so, um, usually the privileged uh, uh, portion of society, though, are the ones that are picked on, right? Right. Not necessarily the folks who are not privileged. Yeah. Although it's always odd because it always seems like um, people are just speaking against those who claim to have the privilege, which (laughs) seems to uh, argue against their their ideas. Uh, So, for postmodernism, it is a form of anti realism, the doctrine that Reality depends for its character and possibly even its existence on our own minds. So that's kind of the uh, the matrix type um, uh, <laughs> ideal. There is uh, you know we all form this collective of a giant battery, and and our processing power is what determines what the the view of reality is. Uh, and our good old friend Nietzsche is the one that uh, coined the term anti-realism to describe his own views, and it's summed up the slogan that there are no facts. Only interpretations of those mm. things, right. mm. and so um, reality has become a mere bunch of desperate and uh, changing interpretations, uh, shifting loosely held coalition coalition of points of view in continual debate with each other. Right. So again, there's no truth. You're just kind of continuing on in the stream of uh, ever changing values. Right. It's how your community interprets things. Right. It's basically, and that's. That's relativism right. as well, right? right? Because it's relative to a particular com- truth, mm-hmm. or your uh, your uh, ag- inner subjective agreement, as the way Rotary put it, is determined by how your particular community interprets what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So usually in a debate, the the charge is made. Well, you're just moving the goalpost, or uh, look what was uh, okay to espouse as a belief about whatever underprivileged group back, you know five, ten years ago, uh, that can't be done today because those values have shifted. Kind of like how you can't, you know, step in the in the same lake twice. Uh, postmodernism says that there's no unified self. Instead, the self is simply the locus of shifting points of view. Uh, in reaction, postmodernism tethers individuals' consciousness tightly to communities whose perspective is conditioned by history and geography. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, how you how you draw those lines is, you know, up to uh, whoever wants to argue those points. There's no there's no set fact. And that's part of the fact of postmodernism is there's no set facts. <laughs> Ever since the golden calf of modernism is not is not considered true in any universal sense, like all other forms of knowledge, science is a social construction, too. Mm. Postmodernists agree with Nietzsche, who wrote, all that 
conformity to law, which impresses us so uh, so much in the stars and in chemical processes coincides as uh, at bottom uh, with those pro properties which we bring to things. So again, it's it's very us dependent. So we're very uh, kind of godlike in, in that respect. Science is just another creation of the human mind. Why should it be granted any special status over other ways of thinking? And if no objective or universal truth is out there, then any claim to have objective truth will be treated as nothing but an attempt by one interpretive community to impose its own limited subjective perspective on everyone else. Right. An act of oppression, a power grab. However, so, so each community's views are equally plausible, and so you shouldn't try to impose your particular community's right. views on another community, yeah. right? Again, a universal standard that should be done for all types of these. these so we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. So uh, her next section in this has to do with the roots of political correctness, right? And she uh, indicates that postmodernism does get some things right. And right. so she gives yeah. us a list of two or three of them here. She says, it has done good service in countering the lonely individualism of the Enlightenment's autonomous self, right? Uh, it rejects the modernist project of thinkers like Bacon and Descartes to start history over from scratch within the isolated individual consciousness. It denies that we can reach an infallible foundation for knowledge by direct intuition into the contents of the individual's mind. And so she says, in the process, postmodernisms have uh, debunked enlightenment claims to neutral, timeless, value-free knowledge, right. right? So there is, you know, um, people have a perspective, and they do, right? And so that needs to be taken into account. And so postmodernism has raised that particular issue to help us to, to understand it. They insist that the real living individual always brings to the table a complex um, uh, view of prior commitments, interests, goals, and ambitions, even in fields like science, where objectivity uh, is the expected norm. Right. right, and this is something that we would say uh, as 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 um, people that would say that uh, worldviews play a huge um, uh, interest in how we interpret facts or what we bring to the table, and. Uh, they just kind of go uh, a bit step further than than what we would. But th ha having an idea that you can't just say, okay, well, we'll start from a neutral position, uh, you know, we, we would definitely agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah. For instance, far far from being, she says, indicates here, a uh, neutral blank slates, right? Our minds are predisposed to interpret new data in light of the convictions that we already hold what we want to be true right, right. so we so we uh, we're, we're not neutral and we're not blank is what she's suggesting <laughs> um, yet postmodernism typically goes further than uh, this common sense biblical insight into the much more radical claims that there is no extra mental truth. So it's all, you know, it's all part of, of what's going on here. It reduces truth claims to social constructions, right? And it reduces individuals to puppets of social forces, she indicates. Yeah. So the implication is that people hold certain ideas not because they have good reasons to hold these ideas, but because they are in a particular community. They're black, they're white, they're a man, they're a woman, Asian, Hispanic, or whatever. Yeah, right? So right. that's why people hold these various ideas. 
She says, this is radically dehumanizing. Now, we would think it was just the opposite, right? Well, you're emphasizing the community that the person is in. Right. That seems to be a, a good thing. She says, no, this is radically dehumanizing. It implies, notice, that individuals are powerless to rise above the communities to which they belong. Right. So they're stuck in this particular community, and they can't get out. Right kind of thing. And so she says this is dehumanizing. It's a form of reductionism that dissolves individual identity into group identity. And the list of group identities keeps growing. Right. You have all kinds of things, um, you know, race, gender, socioeconomic class, sexual orientation, your ability, your religion, international status, power differentials, sure. on and on and on and on. Right. And so at many universities, the liberal arts departments no longer teach the classics, but immerse students in contemporary works on, for instance, racial or sexual, uh, you know, politics or something like that. Uh, Postmodernism, she says, is leagues away from the materialism rampant in the science department, right? But it is equally dehumanizing because materialism reduces persons, uh, humans, to products of physical forces, because that's all that exists, right? right? The right. physical world. Postmodernism, she says, reduces humans to products of social forces, mm-hmm. right? So notice the, a, re, a reductionism is still going on here, right? But it's um, it's social forces instead of uh, political forces for um, for postmodernism. So whenever a philosophy absolute absolutizes um, something less than God, right? No matter what it is, the result is a reductionism, a lower view of the human person. So postmodernists themselves label their view anti-humanism, by which they mean the human subject has no power to transcend social and historical conditions, right? Right. The world, they're stuck in their particular um, um, uh, community. Yeah, Yeah. which is odd, too, because a a big uh, kind of, undertaking in the social sciences looking at deviant behavior and deviant meaning just outside the norm of the expected uh what 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 you would expect and so in that case there is no deviancy you're just needing to redraw your circles around the groups of people and community that you're a slave to Mm -hmm. and i would say that at some point you're drawing the circle so small that you are individualistic at that point and I, i think that would be uh, one of the big, big problems that we kind of haven't gotten to because um, what what we're wanting to do now, we as, as society at large, mm-hmm. is uh, th- there's the want to talk, uh, you know, to, to speak truth to power. Whatever truth is, it's your truth. Speak and your whatever truth. whatever power is. It? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what, what, whatever you've made up in your mind is, you know. Uh, this is a product of, of, of colonialism, the, the fact that, you know, in 1776, America declared its independence and that has affected us and how we um, treat the, the uh, uh, lower east side of Detroit's bisexual community that uh, has uh, uh, genes on mm, mm. Uh, because uh, that, that's what the product their environment has, has, has told them that they must conform to. Yeah. And so deviant behavior within that would say, well, I don't wear uh, denim jeans. I wear plaid jeans <laughs> or whatever it might be. Yeah. And so then the plaid jeans ha- have to speak truth to power within the the denim community. <laughs> I don't know, but you're you're always having to redraw these figures unless you want to combine your 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 power together to to speak truth to a different power. And right. it's, right. 
you know, unfortunately, I'm I'm I tend to be the most powerful person. You um, go, you, you know, go, Patrick. White white male <laughs> cis, cis male Christian, uh, all the all the all the all the bad things. All in this the, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but she notes, and this is really interesting here. She says, by contrast, Christianity offers a transcendent truth. Yeah. So it's not dependent on you know a particular perspective or a social group or community. It transcends all of that. Right. It's a perspective that's not bound by the spirit of the age. It liberates individuals to think critically about uh, what is going on in terms of the spirit of the age. So we're allowed to kind of, Christianity anyway, from view, as it were, as, as a result of revelation yeah. and God, uh, uh, a larger perspective. Yeah, it's it's paracultural. Uh, I mean, you, you see it even in the early forms of the church. And if you think that kind of critical race theory is is new today i mean that that that's the the roman world was was there is no middle class you were a slave you were a a a, a, a live meal to meal uh um, you know pole uh or you were part of the elite ruling class there, there really wasn't a middle class that we have today where you can kind of have these structures in place to speak different uh, truce to power in, in certain regards there. And so um, what you have in the early church is people from all tongue, tribe, nation coming together uh, under the the, the um, unification of Jesus and, mm-hmm. and, and the belief that he was the Christ. And it's something that even within Rome, you, you didn't see. You, you had your gods, and as long as you proclaimed your allegiance to Caesar, then then that's fine. Right. Uh, but here are people who were really rich and who were slave owners and who were slaves and who, um, uh, you know, ran away from uh, their slave masters uh, coming to yeah. a, a, a combined faith and they worshiped in the same uh, as, as and, equals. And, right. And that was yeah. the, the ideal. And of course, there were, you know, uh, the apostles and church leaders had to make sure that that happened. And there were some times when it didn't. And so they had to <laughs> even among their own. Yeah. yeah. But but that was the ideal. That was what, uh, you know, which is different than this. I this idea where we have separate communities, yeah. separate groups yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to structure on a, on a ladder who's who's the most oppressed. They, they get the most voice. But uh, I think someone like Ayn Rand uh, type philosophy would speak against this even type of, of philosophy by having uh, an understanding that the individual is the, the, the lowest uh, form of of, of um, diversification that you could possibly make. <laughs> All right. So uh, w- what can we do to critique postmodernism? Because mm, yeah. it seems to be such such a big thing. Well, yeah. uh, one of the big things is we can start with their own view of truth. Mm. Postmodernists reject any claim to a truth that is universal, objective, or eternal. Mm. They insist that everyone's perspective is situated within a context that is particular, local, and historically uh, contingent. But, of course, the same critique applies to postmodernists' own claim. They, too, are situated within a particular historical context. After all, where did postmodernism come from? As we have seen, it's an offshoot of modern uh, European culture. Ooh, white European colonialism. <laughs> yeah, that's here. Right. It, 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 it just goes layers, <laughs> layers and layers. It stems from post-Hegelian continental philosophy, as, as Tony uh, mentioned uh, uh, last time, with this notion that individuals are socially cons- uh, constituted by their communities and, and forms of life. So there is an objective truth that they say permeates through all culture. 
Which they can't, which their system doesn't allow for right, because right. there is no objective yeah. truth, you right? Can, you can look Each in. community has their own truth, right. Each and truth is determined by, uh, you know, inner subjective agreement is what uh, Richard Rorty says. Yeah. And so you so notice they're, they're claiming that it's true that there is no truth. Right. There, right. there is no universal yeah. truth, right, which is obviously a— uh, Contradiction. Yeah, contradiction right. internally. It, it, yeah, right. it's, uh, it, yeah, it's it's self-referentially um, incoherent, we right. might say. And she'll she'll get to how to how to evaluate these things, right? Yeah, part three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, postmodernists often accuse Christians of being narrow and closed-minded, but postmodernism is itself confined with these particular strands of Western intellectual history. Thus, postmodernists are just a restricted by their own. Historical horizons as uh, more traditional people whom they tend to look down on. So, uh, you know, again, you have in the West, you have um, the ability for um, kind of the fourth wave, I guess, feminism to, to rise up <laughs> and say uh, women should be able to to go into STEM's field. And, of course, I'm going into a social field, not a STEM's field, to tell other women to go in STEM's field. Well, they have just the privilege of being able to do that, that their counterparts in, let's say, like the Middle East do not have the ability to. And so it's, it's again, it's, it's all about where, you, where you're drawing your circles. And so to, to say that, um, to, to, to be able to make the claims that they do is being um, uh, narrow and closed-minded towards other ways of life that's, that's being done. And again, what, what they're saying against one thing is to say that that group uh, is uh, that they're speaking against is doing something that is uh, not correct, that is not right, and mm-hmm. so there's a truth claim in and of itself. Too. Yeah, and and so you know, and and as she mentioned, you know, you can apply what what postmodernism is saying to its own self, right? It, um, they are situated within a particular historical context, and so it's them as a group have their ideas of the way things are. And so you can always say, okay, fine, that's the way your group believes or yeah. thinks or feels or whatever. Yeah, yeah right? That's and not so, me. Yeah. So who cares, who cares about your group? Right? Yeah. I care about my right. group, according to yeah. postmodernism. You, and so why even listen to what they say? Right. You, right? you, you believe in postmodernism. I'm postmodernism prime. Therefore, <laughs> I should be able to speak truth to your power. In short, the same reasoning that postmodern uses to debunk traditional concepts of truth applies to their own. Yeah. But um, uh, example is uh, Rorty, who argues on the basis of Darwinian evolution that there are no eternal truths, that all our ideas are a product of time and chance. But his conclusions rest on the assumption that Darwinian evolution is true. Is precisely the sense that he denies that uh, anything can be true. Yeah, you cannot say that there are no eternal truths, you know, without you know. Uh, committing a rational suicide by saying it, right? right? You know, I mean, right. there's no that is that's that's a claim to be an eternal truth, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Uh, so the only way it is possible to know eternal truth, of course, is if God has communicated that to the human race, uh, given His own transcendent perspective. That's exactly the earth-shaking claim that Christianity makes. The Scripture is communication from God, giving us information about Himself, the cosmos, and history, and it also puts a perspective which all people, all tongues, all tribes, all men, all types of men, all types of people that aren't men, uh, all all uh, former sinners who were 
uh, such were some of you made into a new creation and made sons and daughters of God. All those types of people can come under a a overarching, um, uh, 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 consistent form of truth with a capital T. Hmm. Hmm. Um, only if God has communicated the infinite reaching down to the finite is it possible to break free, no longer trapped in our individual minds as enlightenment thinkers were, or trapped in a communal mind as postmodern thinkers are. A biblical apologetic strategy will equip you to help liberate those who have been taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. It will teach you how to unmask the temporal idols, and that's what uh, she's attempting to do here. Mm. So, uh, yes, uh, d- does postmodernism offer us a, 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 a good sense that there are differences within different social groups? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you can draw your circles around that. Uh, the the, the inner city youth of Chicago has a different perspective than the inner city youth of New York or the inner city youth of Kalamazoo. Right. Um, and, and, and there could be um, shared interest between those two. And so the, one of those things, or looking at the, the similarities is good and looking at the differences is also good. But is there overarching truth that can, um, that all humanity can kind of come under and say, this is the case. Right. Unfortunately, that's, only possible, or fortunately, that's only possible, uh, depending on who you are in this situation, <laughs> that Christianity offers the the most transcendent uh, view of, of truth. Right. right. Good. So that's a uh, an explanation critique of postmodernism. Yeah. Uh, how about we break here and pick this up? Uh, Part four. All right. Yeah, yep. Next time. And uh, go into now look at religions. So she's going to look at a couple of religions for next time. Sounds right. good. All right. Good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.